into the contest. It's Friday the 16th of July. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my great mate Shane Lee. Shane, oh, I'm following in your footsteps. I got an aged rump yesterday and did it on the barbie. Ooh. Oh, wow. How'd it turn out? Beautiful. Good. Bit of hot English mustard. Oh, mate. Yeah, well, mate, yeah. Well, I would put that with some, um, I don't know, even like a potato bacon, mate, or, or some, go have a Bernays sauce with an aged rump, mate. Was it nice and smoky? Was it good? Yeah, it was, but but that's a good tip. So next time I'll get the potato bake mm. going, and uh, what yes. is it, what's it called? Potato de fumoir or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. De, de fumoir, yeah. Mmm. Mmm. Yes. Now, the, the third <laughs> state of origin was the other night. We did win the series. We have the jersey, of course. We've got the signed origin jersey that you could win if you follow us on after Sport Twitter or our Facebook page. So go and follow us on Facebook or Twitter for that. Today on the show, we have a huge one. Former NBA superstar Andrew Bogut, Olympic silver medalist John Stephenson, and Brisbane comedian rugby league lover Shadwicker. Well, what a delight for our show. We have former superstar basketballer Andrew Bogut with us. How are you, Andrew? Yeah, not bad yourself. Andrew, thanks for coming on the show, mate. I'm, I'm a bit of a basketball nut myself, mate. I, I was uh, I settled in yesterday to watch the uh, the Bucks level the series two all against the Suns, mate. Are you watching that closely, being a, a former Buck yourself? Yeah, I did. Did um, was real happy for Milwaukee to get back in the series. I think it's um, I picked it to go seven, so hopefully mm. I'm right. But yeah, it's looking looking really good. What about the Boomers the other day, Andrew? Just brilliant to beat Team USA. I know that they're difficult circumstances. We're not at the Olympics yet, but they look good, didn't they? Like Paddy Mills was on fire. Yeah, I mean, just the whole squad in general, I think it's really a really well-balanced squad. I think the acquisition of um, Matisse Thibel is, mm. is huge. Um, he's going to be a, a big part of what we're doing. But, yeah, the boys look like they're clicking on all cylinders and hopefully can carry that form into the Olympic group. Andrew, you had a magnificent career, mate, both overseas, and, and you came back with the Kings. Um, how do you see the state of basketball in, in Australia at the moment? Do you think we're going okay? Is it is it improving? Um, are we up to par? Well, yeah, I think the proof is in the pudding. Um, you know, when I first started in the NBA uh, back in 2005, um, the only guy really before me was Luke Longley that had a long career in the NBA, so, you know, multiple years. Um, There's a few guys that had pit stops, but – it was kind of a rarity to have an Aussie go over there. So I was kind of lonely for a bit, four or five years. And, and then we started to see that that avalanche effect of, of um, guys coming into the league. And, you know, now we're at 10, 11, 12 um, Australian guys playing. It's, it's phenomenal. So I think the game's in good stead. You know, the NBL is getting better and better as well. And I think if we continue to just pro- progress this way, it'll be good. I know we spoke to a lot of people in and around the NBL through the course of the last season, and there was a lot of frustration in the way that governments and others had treated basketball, like, you know, rugby league and AFL tend to be getting bubbles all over the place. But our teams were having to, in basketball, having to go down to Albury or do this or hang on to this. Um, it was like a bit of a, uh, you know, a step cousin kind of attitude. Yeah, I see this is twofold. Number one is you know, the AFL and the NRL, and they're heavily entrenched um, with politicians and political parties and state governments. So that's number one. And number two is, you know, us as basketball, we need to do a better job of that. We need to, um, you know, buy a few coffees for some politicians and catch up with them and talk to them. And we know that a lot of politicians have kids that play basketball. So it's, it's all about networking and who you know. And that's why, you know, the AFL, even here in Melbourne now, you know, we're in lockdown and, and the AFL got a heads up a couple of days before the lockdown. So, you know, it pays to, pays to know 
uh, people and, and to get a heads up on things. Mate, uh, you're, you're a Melbourne boy. Uh, which AFL team do you follow? Uh, Essendon. Oh, okay. Hey, how are you finding that this year? What's it? It's pretty frustrating for the last Good win last week. Yeah. I think we're better. I, I like the um, the growth this year. I mean, the last 20 years haven't been great, to be honest no. with you, but no. I think the last four or five years, we just there was really no identity in our, in our club, in our team of, of what we were going to be, whether we'd be a – you know, a forward pressure team, whether we'd be a stoppages team, whether we'd be a, you know, take it as you go and run with it like the Western Bulldogs. It was, there was no consistency of what we were doing. Whereas this this is the first season in a while um, where I've come out of it, even some some games where we've lost and been happy with the performance just because there's a there's a method to the madness and you can see what we're trying to do. So I'm, I'm happy with the progress this year. I think um, the, the guys have... Coaching staff there should be commended and um, the players. And I'm really excited to build, you know, we still have a chance for the finals, um, but, you know, to build to build this momentum to an off season to then the following season is going to be really exciting. Yeah, I don't think we're far away from seeing the Bombers fly up, as they uh, say in their song. Finally, uh, Liz Cambage uh, with the Opals. Uh, Sandy Brondello's come out and said that, uh, you know, she's all systems go. There's been a lot of brouhaha in and around her. Uh, this could be her final Olympics, Andrew. <laughs> Yeah, it could be um, phenomenal player. So we need we need Liz to be, you know, firing for for the Olympic Games to have um, the Opals, Opals even in a chance for a medal. So hopefully she's in good mind and and the team's all doing well. But yeah, I mean she's one of the best players in the world, very very talented. So it'd be um, interesting to see how that all goes. Andrew, mate, I really appreciate you coming on the show, mate. And uh, you represented Australia in probably one of the biggest uh, sporting competitions in the world, mate. So you, you did us proud, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. No dramas, thanks. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, Brisbane comedian, rugby league lover, Shad Wicker. Well, normally at this time every week, we have a chat with Shad Wicker, Brisbane comedian, who of course is a rugby league fan, but we've had trouble with his line all morning. Um, I, I don't know. It's been, Shane, it's been a problem. Um, yeah, well, we can't get him on today, mate, unfortunately. Oh, no, I'm here, boys. I am right <laughs> oh, here. Oh, you are. Oh, you're here, Shad. Oh, oh. I am right here. Uh, and I'll tell you what. We thought there was tech problems. <laughs> How are you, Shad? Great win from Queensland, mate. I'm feeling so good. This is a this is great. I mean, obviously we did lose a shield, which is very sad. But to be able to rob a team that put 76 points on us of uh, doing a clean sleep when no one thought we could do it is amazing. You know, there's no such thing as a dead rubber. I think is the I, main thing. I suppose when you start with 14 players and have four on the bench, it helps. All right, all right, mate. Of course, of course. If we just overcome the odds and get a victory, you've got to blame it on something other than the fact that maybe, maybe we actually had a pretty good game for once. Well, I'll tell you what, Shad. You, you look. I have to give it to you. You did call it. Um, you, you said get Hunt in there. Um, and I think he, he, he had a fantastic game. But the guy too, I thought had a, had a great game for Queensland was Kalen Ponga. He made a he made a massive difference. He he gave Munster some space, but um, yeah, Hunt the cheeky little dragon, mate. He did very very well. Unreal, unreal by Hunt. And, and like you said, when it came to game two and they put McCulloch in there, I think that call. My, my biggest thing from this whole origin is uh, the selection by Queensland. Obviously, the first game was riddled with injuries, so there was mm. a lot of forced like problems there, and then a little bit in the game too. But so many silly decisions on who we brought onto the field. 
that I think kind of contributed to why we got flogged so badly. Hunt in mm. game one, we said it on this podcast. We are like, why is McCulloch in there? Yep. You're going to waste an interchange on bringing a hooker off after mm. the first half when you realise there's no attack. And that's exactly what happened. He was dynamite, mate. That, and uh, look, I think we're all in the Ben Hunt fan club. That tackle on the trail, then they go down the other end and, and that try, he was fantastic. And he is a reason why I think the Dragons will still make the eight despite all the dramas. Now, uh Magic rounds all over the place in Queensland starting tonight, brother. It's, I mean, we're the home of rugby league, but not the home of the bloody origin shield. That's the hardest part at the moment. Oh, we can live with that. It's coming home. <laughs> It'll well, be back soon enough. Well, Shad, you, you, your team, the Warriors, mate, they're taking on the Panthers. Um, and we've seen what the Panthers are like. We also see what New South Wales is like without without the halves of Cleary and, um, and Luau. Um, it must be half a chance. Uh, I mean, the Warriors have got to be... One of the biggest headaches in rugby league, aren't they? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's so much talent there. They they bring Chad Towns over. Oh, I'm surprised it gets injured straight away. And then now they've got to go with another new halves pairing. I I can't see the Warriors as bad as it sounds. I can't see them beating the Panthers because I feel like in order to beat a lot of these teams, it's going to have to be tight games. And they've lost what is it, three or four games uh, of the last five that were within pretty tight margins in the last 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's the same problems with the Warriors that have been their issue for the last two decades. They can't close out games. They can't play the full 80 minutes. And I don't understand what the problem is. Yeah, and it's it's a bit it's got a little bit of Tommy Turbo about it, doesn't it? If Roger Chilvasashek doesn't get him home, they don't get home. If he doesn't score some try or do something miraculous, it doesn't happen. My twelve year old son Joey, who you all know is a tragic rugby league fan, he calls them the Warriors, and with with good reason. Word, with yeah. good reason. Finally, mate, the whole world, the whole world's moving to Queensland. It's gonna be it's gonna be Princess Anastasia Palaszczuk soon. All the AFL will be up there. How long are you guys get? How long till you guys come up here? can do this live and in person. I'll take you around the town. Oh, we can't wait. Oh, mate, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? You guys are doing all right, though. You're doing your own little Kentucky <laughs> tour of the house while you're in lockdown. You're going to go and check out the spare bedroom next week? What's going on? <laughs> I'm already checking that out, mate. But no, it's, it's, look, it's, it's not easy. But um, I was just going to say, just quickly back to the state of origin, it just goes to show uh, without good cattle uh, sort of steering teams around, you know, we, we didn't have Cleary and, and Luau, as I said. But, you know, Moses, he, I looked at his stats. He, he, had, he didn't have one metre gained. He did not make one run. It was bizarre. I got asked by a couple of mates that are big fans of this podcast uh, about yes, Moses' debut, mm. like that that Origin game. And I stupidly said, I was like, man, it's the perfect position for you to make a debut because it's the series is one. Yeah. All you have to do, and it's like the outside backs have been such guns, all you have to do is really service the football. And surely if it's a competitive enough game, you've had a good enough game. And he somehow managed to not have that. Mm. I think as well it's – it's hard. As much as you say there's no dead rubber, there's no such thing as a dead rubber for the team that has lost the series. Of course. And I think that, you know, not mm. saying that New South Wales were playing at half pace, but they didn't really start to kick in until it got into the middle way of that second half and be like, oh, we might lose this if yeah. we don't turn it around. And Ben Hunt said it after the game. He was like, mm. it seemed like that attack that was so – overwhelming from the first two games was no longer there. And I think you have to put that down to the fact you've got two halves that never played together. Yeah, there's that. Exactly. And look, I think the thing is, the overriding thing, Shad, is that it whets the appetite for next one. It really does. And Shane, I don't like picking up on anyone's errors because I make heaps of them, but I think you're dreaming of Hawaii when you're saying Luai's name. You're calling him Luau. You're expecting one of those things to be popped over your <laughs> neck when you're arriving in Waikiki Beach. Mate, you say tomato, I say Bloody Mary. Okay, I get you. Enjoy the shield, boys, but I'm 
I'm just going to enjoy a nice quick walk down the road. So, uh, well, see yeah. you, mate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a prick. What a prick. Dan, I told not to let this guy in once they win. Good on you, Shad, mate. Enjoy it, mate. Good mate. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, former Olympian John Stephenson. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Alrighty, it is Friday fun day. It's the rainbow up, it's a smile on. We're not far away from the Olympics. Johnny Stephenson, how are you? Hey, Tim, how are you, mate? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Let's, let's look at what's going on with the Olympic Games. Now... There seems to be rules for some and none for others. Like the athletes in athletics aren't allowed, or some aren't allowed to get up to Cairns for the camp, yet Origin, League, AFL continues. Yeah, this is, this is correct, Tim. You know, um, at the moment, so every, before every Olympics, the Australian athletics team normally hold a holding camp. And most of the time, those holding camps are actually in sort of the vicinity of where the Olympic Games are taking place, or at least the climate of where the Olympic Games are taking place. But because of coronavirus, um, it's really limited where the Australian athletic team could hold their camp. So they've chosen Cairns up north in Queensland. But the problem is some of the athletes missed the the, the ability to, 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 to be able to move to Cairns before this COVID lockdown happened in Sydney. So mm. a lot of the Sydney athletes are trapped here and they can't make their way up to the holding camp in Cairns, which is an important camp because it's sort of it's where you sort of you know, they, they go through everything that, that comes with the Olympic Games and sets the athletes up before they actually go into Olympic Village. So athletes have been tweeting and Instagramming their disgruntledness. And some some big names like Morgan Mitchell, Annalise Ruby, they're stuck down here in Sydney um, and are quite quite frustrated. But then you see the state of origin happening up north and the NRL able to move all their teams, you know, as we speak, up to Queensland so they can continue playing NRL. And you see in Geelong, um, you know, the MCG has become a COVID hotspot over the last mm. few days. And Geelong were able to fly into Perth um, without having to do any two weeks quarantine. Now, if you do fly to Perth, now you've got to do two weeks quarantine. So you can understand why these athletes, some of the, some of our, you know, these Australian representatives going to Olympic Games happens every four years that are trapped in Sydney and not ideal for their preparation. Yeah, I can see why people are pissed off. Oh, look, I really can. I mean, it's the biggest event in the world. We're sending our biggest ever team, the third biggest team that will be in Tokyo. You would think that common sense should prevail. Yeah, well, I just, I just think, I think money talks. I think, you know, you're dealing with big commercial organisations like the NRL and AFL and, and they have a lot more pull and a lot more power when it comes to, to being able to bend the rules. You know, you're talking about a handful of track and field athletes, which – which let's be honest here, they, 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 they're not huge commercial commodities, you know, individually. Um, put a team, a whole track and field or Olympic team together. Yes, it's big money. The IOC, the AOC make a lot of money from Olympic Games. So, you know, these poor athletes are sort of left um, with not a lot of pull. And um, and it's shown now with the fact that they're stuck and their preparation is going to be, you know, hampered. Ooh, look, will it change the whether they will win Olympic gold or, or not? I mean, that's yet to be seen, but it's, 
definitely not ideal and it would be definitely be great for them if they were with their team up in Cairns for holding camp and especially what, what especially that the Rivers in our country and the Olympics is so close. I mean, Olympics comes every four years. I mean, you know, and and who knows, you know, who, yeah. who, who, who are we to say whether – what's best for their preparation if they need to be there we should support them to be there yeah and we, we look we've got we've got at least 50 people from the Australian team that are going to march John which is which I look I know we had a little bit of hijinks around this last week it's better than none it's, I saw that and I giggled to myself because I thought Tim would absolutely run with this um, yes they will be marching with 50 of their fellow athletes which if you look at it it's, it's I don't know what percentage that is I think in an Australian team there's what 600 plus athletes is there if I'm, if I'm correct maybe more um, and you know so but they're marching to an empty stadium you know it, it's look it, it's better than nothing I'm not going to be completely negative on it I think you know it's it, they'll get a little bit of moment to shine and on from a broadcast mm. perspective we were able to get to see them and it looks so weird just two athletes walking with a flag or one athlete walking with a flag around an empty stadium at least I'll have 50 of their fellow athletes from each country doing the same thing so um yeah, I'll give you the win on that one, Timmy. Okay, mate. Uh, really quickly, Conor McGregor broke his leg. Will he bounce back? I think so. Uh, look, it, if, if history shows that you can come back, this is how good you come back is the question. You know, Anderson Silva, this happened to him. Um, Chris Weidman, this happened to him. And, and, and there'll be a, n- a number of athletes that this will continue happening to. Her. It's, not, it's not uncommon. It was mm. really ugly to see. And I really felt sorry for Conor. I, people might think I'm... I'm smoking the happy weed here, but I actually thought Connor was doing well in the first round besides <laughs> the bit, bit of a ground and pound that he took towards the end of the first round. Um, I was, I, I would have loved to have seen a second round and really put a, put an end to the Dustin Poirier, Connor McGregor, um, a, you know, a trilogy. And um, we didn't get to see that, but man, what an entertainer this guy is. How smart from with a broken leg on the canvas, talking to Joe Rogan, he sets up the fourth fight saying he is not over. I'm doing this again. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, he, he's had his surgery already. He reckons he'll be out in six weeks. Um, I've just seen that he won't be able to fight until 2022 um, because how the old, uh, um, the state athletic commissions work. They, he has like, they, they put like a medical sort of timeout mm. because of the grade of the injury. Um, so, hey, he's again, you know, money talks and the UFC is a big organization. Maybe they'll be able to get into fight earlier. But, but, um, but yep. yeah, no, I was sad to see and it was an ugly break. Jeez, was it ugly. Mm, absolutely. I just had some images there of Cheech and Chong and, and you and an orchy bottle with, <laughs> with your analogy. John, I do. Dearly love you, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you too. Great to chat to you, brother. That's it for Afternoon Sport this week. Make sure you hit follow wherever you listen. A big thank you today to Andrew Bogut, Shad Wicker, and to John Stephenson and Spartan Sports. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We'll be back Monday for your daily dose of sports. Have a good weekend, guys. Take care.